Hello, welcome, welcome everybody. It's so nice to have you with us. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Nez Nation Live podcast. This is the Personal Branding Podcast 101 where we help you discover your purpose, communicate your message so that you can impact your audience, grow your business, or advance your career. And today we've got an amazing guest today. This is episode number 23. And before I get into who's going to be on the show, I just want to share with you really quickly Our sponsor, as always, is BeyondTheBoxAcademy.com. This is the greatest online university, online training academy, where you can learn the latest 21st century business skills, communication skills, content creation skills, branding skills. These are all certified courses. If you're wondering how in the world can I get in on this unbelievable era, how in the world can I understand my core identity. What is my brand? How do I communicate that? Public speaking, we've got leadership, we've got writing, communication, all these courses that we've been creating, content after content, micro content, mini courses, you name it. This is the greatest online academy on the planet. That's beyondtheboxacademy.com. You got to go check that out. I've been getting your emails. I've been getting your messages. I just want to say thank you so much for leaving those reviews on iTunes. I am so inspired and motivated by you guys, and I really, really appreciate it, and it absolutely means the world to me. Now, let's get right into it. I don't want to, I don't want to dilly or dally any more longer. We've got an amazing guest. This is episode 23 of the Nez Nation Live podcast. Her name is Chelsea Pites. We're going to be talking about camera branding skills. I've been telling my students for years, I think these are the skills that are going to be the most in demand in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And Chelsea Pites is a storytelling camera branding expert, keynote speaker, author. She teaches people how to use that device in your pocket or maybe the device that you're listening to this podcast on right now, your smartphone, your smart device, and how you can develop these amazing branding skills by putting yourself out there, communicating in front of that camera, getting comfortable and confident. And she comes and joins us, gang, and she's teaching us all of the latest, best advanced practices and strategies on how we can develop our smartphone camera branding skills. And I'm so excited to have her on. Just really quickly, if you want to join us on the actual live stream, you got to come check out facebook.com forward slash Nez Nation Live. That's where we do our live streams. Go hit that like button, hit that see first button, or you can just go to professornez.com forward slash live streams. I'll leave all the links in the show notes down below. And I don't want to waste any more time. This is an amazing interview. You'll hear that I talk about the chat once in a while. If you want to join the chat, you got to go to facebook.com forward slash nation live. Here we go with the brand new show. Come check it out. Chelsea Pites, camera branding. Here we go. Cue that music. Welcome. Hey, Chelsea, how are you? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Nez Nation. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So excited. So (laughs) here. Normally, I'm this pumped at 5 a.m. and not 5 (laughs) a.m. Well, let's do this. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you. Listen, I'm going to share this out and try to get as many people on the show. We're so pumped to have you with us. Um, Hey, Sarah, good to see you. Come on in. Please share this out, guys, because you're going to get mountainous information. I mean, we're talking insane information on how to build your brand using all the tools at your fingertips. 
Chelsea, go ahead and tell our Nez Nation audience, if you wouldn't mind, just a little bit more about who you are and what you do, because I know I didn't do you justice there. Oh, tell our audience a little bit yeah. more while I share this out. I will I'll share a little bit of my story. Um, for those of you who are watching, some of you are listening and not able to see me. But if you were, you would see that I am somebody who is not a millennial. I actually graduated <laughs> college before Y2K, uh, which means I uh, totally used uh, the old school library. And there was no <laughs> the internet, really. We didn't have social media. When I was in business, we didn't have Facebook. And Facebook came along in like 2001. Or, I mean, I got my license in 2001 because I was in the real estate industry working. Facebook, I think Zuckerberg was 16 in 2001. So I teach people how to use the camera on their smartphones to build a powerful personal brand. And I had to break it down in a way that because I didn't grow up with it, I didn't understand it. I had to figure it out. And there are things that I use today, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, that if you told me five years ago, I'd be using and building genuine relationships and a human network, I would have said, no way. So I teach people how to use social media to increase their sales, to build a brand, to attract their audience, and to create relationships and community. I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. And, you know, it's so interesting to me because, you know, I think that like technology has changed everything, but really the principles seem to be the same. It's really just about, you know, the way that I look at what you're doing and it's so similar to what I'm doing, Chelsea, and I absolutely love it. And guys, I'm telling you right now, uh, you know, I first discovered Chelsea, if I may, Chelsea, I just want to tell my audience a little bit like about this. Chelsea is such a camera pro, such a camera pro. I tell my students this all the time, Chelsea. I think that these are going to be the most attractive skills in the marketplace. If they're not already, they're going to be in the next four to five years when finally organizations and companies catch up mm -hmm. because, you know, this is modern communications. It's modern communications. This is a different realm. It's a completely different landscape. And if you don't understand what Instagram stories is all about, if you don't understand how to use Facebook, how to use LinkedIn, how to use Twitter, I truly believe you're going to be left behind. So let me, let me ask you this, Chelsea, when I, when I first discovered you on Snapchat, what, what got you, what got you started into this? I mean, I know that you're a professional and I know that you got your start in real estate and real estate is a really interesting topic for me. What, what first drove you into this sort of, into this sort of, you know, marketplace, if you will. So I've been in the real estate industry for about 18 years now, and yeah. I've been in a variety of different, um, a different manners, whether it yes. was selling real estate, and then it moved into working for a title insurance company where I did the marketing. And that's really where the passion came in. And I wanted to learn everything there was about marketing. So I was late to the game. I mean, if you think about me starting doing video just a couple of years ago or getting on an app, I was late to the game, but you can still really make differences and impacts today, even if you start tomorrow. So what I realized was, is that people were getting on this thing called Snapchat and I didn't get it. And yeah. I was like, there was no way I'm ever going to use it for business. You can't grow a business. You, there's no discoverability. Um, you can't build a brand on it. I heard all those things and I believed them. I believed all the hype. I believed it was for millennials. And why would you ever want the content that was disappearing? I didn't get it. Right. So I started to play with it and I said, you know what? I'm going to figure out a way to get in there and learn it. And then what I'm probably going to do is write a blog about how it didn't work. <laughs> so <laughs> I really went to go in and just yeah. say, listen, people, you should not be using Snapchat for business. 
And much to my surprise, I realized that a world opened up. And what happened over about two years is that I knew something had shifted and that cameras and the way that we communicate now through them in real time with images absolutely had permanently changed the way that we build a community and the way we communicate. And also it changed our brains. I will tell you that that is a scientific fact. Yeah. My background's in psychology. I do a lot of uh, product psychology research and neuroscience. So when I write about those things, it comes from that place. And I was fascinated that talking to this thing, I was actually creating relationships with people I'd never met. And I thought that was bizarre. I still think it's a little weird that my best friends, my business partners I met through Snapchat or Instagram stories. Wow. I've never met in real life. You've never met them in real life. I think this is the new norm, isn't it? It is the new norm. And there is no in real life anymore. Virtual communities (laughs) now real life communities. And so there's this this big culture shift. um, And and that's that's the part is that when I can explain the why, people say, oh, okay, I get it now. So what's happened is that we now build trust through technology. And that's how we can leverage it to build our brand because whether we like it or not, or even realize it because we're in Amazon and Uber culture and Netflix, we have this expectation regardless of industry that we're using technology in a much different way. And it's really about building trust. So the reason I focused on the camera is because the neuroscience of seeing a face, facial recognition and connecting eye to eye. So I love that I can pick up my camera and share a story. And I wasn't always good at sharing a story. But a lot of people ask me, they say, oh my gosh, you, feel, you look, look so, you're so great on camera, or I could never do that, or my life is boring. Well, I coach them through all of that, because you don't end up at one place unless you just try different things out and yeah. you have to stay with it for a while. So um, yeah, I agree with you. I think this is the new norm. I think that camera first branding is here to stay. It's absolutely critical. And whether we like it or not, it's going to happen. I mean, Facebook is going to be almost all video in a year and a half from them. That's from yeah. Facebook. So um, I think it's going to be important to connect with people. Um, and the fact that our brain can't tell the difference if I'm talking to you right now on a screen or in person is absolutely something that we can leverage to our advantage, especially in the business world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the way you said that. And I couldn't agree more. Um what I wanted to ask you was, uh, it was interesting to hear you say the neuroscience of that facial recognition and seeing eyes. And there's even marketing, you know, scientific, I mean, scientific research that's gone into marketing where, you know, I consult a, a couple of e-commerce stores as clients. And when they run ads or even like website design, I found that when they don't show faces, when they don't present faces like of actual faces with smiles and eye recognition, um, their engagement drops significantly. Right. So Absolutely. here's one thing I wanted to ask you. This is so cool too. And guys, if you want to know how to do it, and I'm going to leave all of Chelsea's information in the show notes, especially if you're listening on the podcast, which by the way, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, soon to be on Spotify, Nez Nation Live, the personal branding podcast, 101, shameless plug. <laughs> um, you got to go check out Chelsea Pete's. Am I pronouncing that right? By the way, I don't want to pronounce it wrong, Chelsea. You know, it's actually uh, Pites. Like it right. Pites. I love that. See, I'm a big believer in names. I'm an author too. I love that Pites. <laughs> but yeah, it's it is a tough one. And my maiden I apologize. Name, no, no, no. Do not apologize. It happens to me every day. My maiden name is actually Smith. So you know, I never got the opportunity to <laughs> go back then. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Do you think, and I apologize, Chelsea Pites. I love that. I love see being an author too. And, and by the way, Chelsea's got an amazing book talking with pictures. That's what it's called, right? Chelsea. Uh, talking into pictures. Yeah. Talking into pictures. I'm sorry. You guys got to, I mean, what a great title. I'm a big believer in nomenclature and I love identifiers like that. And I'm a big believer in language and words. So Pites, I love that. That's that's yeah. cool. That's great. Thank you for correcting me on that. Do you think, Chelsea Pites, do you think that you can only build a personal brand today? Or let me ask, let me actually rephrase the question. Do you think that you can build a personal brand without using your smartphone, camera, video branding? I do. Is it possible to build a personal brand without using that? I do believe you can do it. I agree with you. I think video is everything now. I think it's going to be a lot harder. I think okay. availability and like how fast exponentially you can do that. Yeah. But let's face it, traditional marketing still works. And the funny case of that is Facebook, when they came out with Facebook Live, what did they do? They took out bus benches and, you know, sides of buses and did, you know, commercials on television. Right. So traditional marketing. Oh, that was awesome, wasn't it? Absolutely works. Everything works some of the time. But you really, 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 really have to work like so much harder with it. Here's the thing. As behaviors are being trained, which they're all being trained right now, Netflix, Uber, Amazon, all of the above, the expectations change. And what happens with social media and social presence and branding is that soon we start to judge you and wonder why you're not there. And we don't even know what's happening, but we say, oh, I, I can't possibly work with that person because they don't have this many profiles and hopefully never, but maybe one day this many followers, that would be a terrible thing. Right. Right. Um, Judged on that. But you know, we've seen, even if you've watched that great show on black mirror where they're, it's a rating society. Oh, that one show is so good. Are you talking about that one show that where they, they have like the, they swipe, like I'm going to give you a four out of five or. Yeah. And, you know, I know we're joking about this. This is funny, but I, I mean, if you remember, I, you might've seen my Instagram stories where I talked about my embarrassment over my Uber rating because, you know, it's become, I think I missed that one where people sort of jab and joke with each other and say, Oh my gosh, your Uber ratings less than a 4.9. It's becoming this world of, we have an expectation to see you in a certain place in a certain way. And there's nothing we can do to stop that. So Yes, you can build a brand without going camera first. You can create content. You can engage with people. I'm all about co- commenting over contenting, but it's it's going to be harder because our brains are going to be rewired in a way that if we don't see your face, if we don't see you on a story, if we don't see you doing live, we're going to wonder why. We don't know when that's going to happen, but that's how history has unfolded. So I think it's going to be a lot harder if you if you don't do use the camera. Um, because, you know, relatability, in my opinion, is the most underleveraged marketing tactic today. And I think the fastest way to be relatable is by showing people your face and telling your own personal story and bringing them along with it, with you. So and isn't that the essence of a, that's the essence of a person. I mean, there's a brand mm-hmm. and then there's a personal brand, right? I mean, I try to tell my clients all the time, like put a face to yeah. the business. See, people don't do business with businesses. They do business with people. Right. It's a human to human thing, which I love about taking the power out of these huge media corporations. Right. And don't you agree with this, Chelsea? And actually, if you don't, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I feel that social media has really equalized the playing field. Mm-hmm. It's given everybody a shot 
yeah. to communicate their vision and purpose. So nothing, there's no more, it, it almost feels like Chelsea, there's no more excuses, doesn't it? And I want to talk to you about what you just said, which was really interesting. You said commenting, not contenting. Tell me, what does that mean? That's kind of cool. Well, it's funny because as somebody who, you know, makes content every day, <laughs> it's critical. You know, they say content is king. And then you heard Gary Vee say context is king. Mm. And, and there's what's, what's really happening is with all these platforms changing their algorithms, like the big algorithm change with Facebook earlier this year, they're really putting comments and engagement as the number one thing that they're looking at. If you look at Instagram stories, I think I read a statistic that was like one in five Instagram stories gets a direct message. It's really a messaging platform, just like Snapchat was. It's just talking with your images and communicating. So, um, you know, it's gotta be more about getting out there and talking to people and commenting and sharing. Because again, the psychology, if you're gonna be commenting on my things, I'm going to be paying attention to you. I'm going to see your name. I'm going to be, you're going to be building that brand recognition. So you can be an amazing commenter and build a brand that way. But content is really important too. But I don't know that content is like the ultimate pinnacle any longer, Mm. uh, you know, for that. But I actually, you know, to your point, when you said, do you think it's the great equalizer? I would have said yes a couple of years ago, but now I feel like it's given the personal brand an advantage. I feel like it's gone the other way because you look now at the the ability to connect at scale with people and be real and relatable. That gives, I mean, a face to a brand. You know, mm. you look at like Nike, who has, of course, just yeah. recently had a crazy, um, you know, uh, polarizing campaign. It's almost like a company has to get to that level of polarization to get people again versus the personal brand who can pick up their phone and literally talk to 20 people and have a conversation a day in maybe less than 30 minutes. So I think that the personal brand has a little bit more of a, of a hand up over the big brands these days. It kind of makes me nervous for some of those big brands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, I, I like the way you said that, that, um, you know, creating that sort of visibility and by putting yourself out there and creating a personal, a personal, it's almost like a personal experience. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this, Chelsea, this is so cool, by the way. And guys, in the chat, please let me know if you have any questions for our audacious, vivacious guest, Chelsea Pites. It's Pites, <laughs> not Pete's. And I totally apologize. I like Pites actually a lot better, to be honest. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I do. I, I love Pites actually, and uh, it just has a nice it has a nice punch to it. Yeah. And uh, let me know if you have any questions for our awesome guest. Hey, Chelsea, I get this all the time, and I, I'm sure you do too. Do you think that, I mean, I think we can both agree that businesses, companies, organizations, anybody who wants to make money, 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 demonet, needs to be creating branding and needs to be, I believe, creating in this modern communication world, which is camera branding. Would you say the same for people, individuals, companies, or divisions, or teams, or sales teams, or what have you? that are not necessarily in the service or selling industry, but just maybe individuals who want to advance in their career. You know, I get a lot of clients on LinkedIn who want to advance in their careers. They want to change their branding. They want to reform the way that their purpose is communicated across the online landscape. Do you feel that branding? Do you feel that, hey, Joanne, good to see you. 
Do you feel that branding and creating a personal brand through the smartphone, through this camera branding uh, um, concept, do you think that it's only relegated to businesses or is this something that you think everybody should be doing or could be doing? That's a really interesting question. And I look at that question and I say to myself, what is something that taught me something else that I wasn't anticipating? Because I feel like that might be where you're going with the question. Because if you aren't in sales, if you aren't selling a product, is it as important for you to be doing camera for first branding? Well, what I will tell you is that um, I never intended to become a public speaker, but what I learned from the painful panic attacks and, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to do this? Because a lot of people don't realize I get very nervous before I speak. And um, I speak all the time, all over. So do I. I I think actually that's a good thing. I think that shows that you care. I I tell my wife, you know, I I don't know if you know this and I I apologize, Chelsea, for cutting you off. I I get so excited by this. I get like locomotives in my veins when you talk about this. Cause like, I literally, you know, I, I suffered from debilitating depression and anxiety as a young person, as a young man. I mean, literally every day it was like Hamlet to be or not to be. It was crazy. And I feel like everything I do online is revolves around that sort of love of sharing everything I've gone through, all the research I've done with this thing. And I love your background in psychology. My wife experienced severe panic attacks, just like I did. I get nervous too. And I actually think that with that adrenaline, that nerves, even before we went live today, I'll just be completely honest with you. I think it's natural and it's a way of embracing that is a beautiful way of overcoming or circumventing that obstacle to doing what we're talking about today. What do you think about that? Absolutely. I mean, I I also am somebody who grew up with, you know, I would say debilitating anxiety. I actually am diagnosed with OCD and I've lived with it my whole life. And so I totally understand what that feels like. But, you know, somebody who's gone. That's why I like you so much. We're from the same cloth. We're cut from the same soil. I know. And you have to do exposure therapies. And it's really scary. And it's really hard to do the thing that terrifies you. And so. You know, people say, oh, my gosh, how could you? I didn't seem nervous at all. I got to tell you, the last one I did, which was a bucket list for me, my biggest thing I've ever done. I don't remember anything after going out on stage. Don't remember a thing because I was that nervous. Wow. Um, But what I learned from forcing myself to do these things, what could fill in the blank, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be speaking. Something that may not particularly seem like it would be a benefit to me has given me confidence to know that I can do something that makes me feel uncomfortable. A lot of people are terrified about getting on camera. I was as well. And it wasn't until I did it and I did it again and again and again. And now I can translate that experience of building confidence and something other than what I thought it would give me and apply that to this. So for those people who are like, well, I'm not in sales. I don't really need to use social selling. I don't need to use social media. I'm a private person. I'm boring. All of those things are, you know, just things that stories that we tell ourselves, but really at the end of the day, could you meet an incredible friendship that you never would have met before? Could you find a new job with a person that you had a discussion with for several months watching their lives? Could you, you know, find an amazing charity that you never would have known about? There are all these beautiful things that you could add to your life by doing whatever it is, the thing that it may be, because you don't have an idea that it's going to fit into the box. So, you know, people are saying, oh, I don't, I never really got into Snapchat, but if I hadn't got into Snapchat, I would never have been good on live video. I Mm. never would have been able to do a YouTube video with one take. 
because all those things I learned from it really helped me in other areas. So yes, do I think social media is good for everyone? Well, I'm a social media fanatic. So of course, <laughs> I think that there are great things, even if it's as simple as this. My father, who's 70, 71, I think, he gets to see my son, his grandson every day. And that would never have been possible if he hadn't got on Instagram stories. So even the simple things of, oh my gosh, here's something that'll brighten up my day to see that. They always know what's going on in my life. And I'm actually a very private person. There's a lot of stuff I don't put on social media, which people are pretty surprised. <laughs> That's kind of surprising because I feel like very you're surprising. on like the stories a lot. Yeah. And um, so but that's cool. I, I totally get yeah, that. Here's a benefit. And just know that you don't have to put it all out there. If you want to, yeah. great, but you don't have to, and you can still be uber successful at social media without letting it all out because people say, Oh, I'm not going to be one of those people that puts it all out there. You don't have to be, and you can still be really, really successful and have meaningful communities and branding without doing that. So that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you actually was, you know, I find with my, even myself, um, I tend to not put out so much of, you know, what me and my wife are doing or what me and my kids are doing. I've kind of, especially when I first started out, you know, creating in this whole online, you know, especially when video became so convenient, um, you know, I, I was a little bit reticent to, to kind of expose all that or because quite honestly, I didn't think it was fair to my kids, A, but there's such a huge part. I mean, when you're a mom, when you're a dad, your whole life, and Chelsea knows this and everybody watching know this, Joanne says, we would have never met if it wasn't for, yeah, you're right, Joanne. Except Joanne yeah. crawls in the house. Good to see you, Joanne. Yeah, same. And I met Joanne on Snapchat. <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah. And we're connected on LinkedIn. Love Joanne. Good stuff. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, uh, this is something I want to ask you. And I, I can't wait to get into sort of like your branding tips and how to really execute, you know, your branding on camera. Well, we're going to get into that in just a little bit. But like, do you is there a line that that people should draw? Like, I know some people, you know, they never show their personal life, but it's called a personal brand. And I guess maybe we should define that. Like, how would Chelsea Pites first of all, define personal branding. And then second of all, where should that line be drawn as far as the personal side? That is a really good question. And that obviously, you know, the generic answer is it really depends person to person and what you're comfortable with. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Is, you know, these are conversations we never had 10 years ago, let alone yeah. 20 years ago is, well, hon, what are we going to do? Are we going to put the kids in our daily, you know, vlogs and <laughs> we're going to put them on YouTube? So, you know, we never had that. What I will say is that um, one of the areas that I focus on in a corporate scenario is how do we create a personal brand on behalf of a company that's appropriate, that's compliant. Well, that's let's talk about that. That's great. And you have to really be aware of it. I mean, you really have to be aware of it. And people say, oh, well, you know, that's, that's censoring myself. Well, yes, it is. And, you know, we all have jobs and employers. And if you don't, and you're an entrepreneur and you don't answer to anyone, then great. And just realize no matter how PC you try to be, somebody will come up with something. If of you're course. Not there long enough, somebody will come up with something like you could cook a recipe and they'd say, oh, are you really not measuring that? How could you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we'll always find something. <laughs> yeah. You got, it's once you put yourself out there, you're going to find all those types of people. But I, for me personally, um, you know, I define my personal brand as extremely positive, family friendly, always giving away tips. Um, 
I really love education and sharing with others. And I, in turn, really like to see positive things. And, you know, it's like having channels. If you don't like the channel, you can go to another one, which is great. Exactly. And um, some days I don't feel like sharing a lot of stuff. Some days I don't feel so positive. And that is hard when you're going through that because you create a community of people that love your energy and your zest. And sometimes you don't feel too zesty, you know, and you're like, oh, I feel so great right now. You mean oh, Chelsea Pites is not zesty 24-7? Well, what I will say, though, is when I have gone on and, and talked about it, I will say I'm so glad I did. You know, again, it's this community of people yeah. that are going to pick you up when you're down, too. And you do that for them. So it is hard, especially if you have children. Um, you have to make that decision. I don't show a lot of my husband. They know I call them my co-stars. People know my right. <laughs> That's right. Um, but you know, we're not. I'm not out on it. You hardly ever see me on a date night. Maybe one picture. We have mm-hmm. private conversations. I do a ton of work, and it's just like Gary Vee. He does a ton of very sensitive private yeah. meetings, but yeah. you feel like you're with him all day long because it's right. all about perception. So, if from you know, if you're in a professional world, I say. I'd say, you know, stay away from any polarizing things, whether it's religion or politics. If you are working for a company, you are visible on social media. You can't take it back. I don't care if it disappears. If you delete it, you can never take those things back. And so I think it's a new world that we have to live in. It's going to be interesting to see how to navigate that because people say, well, are you just putting a a piece of your life out there that's edited, that's, you know, glamorous, that looks a certain way? I don't know that I know the answers to that yet. I mean, I think that for sure we see a lot of the best self on these, on these um, apps. And and that's why I love the stories because I feel like it's a bit more real there. Um, Mm. And I like that piece of it, but yeah, I I mean, you'd be foolish to think that someone's not going to look at your Facebook or your LinkedIn or your Snapchat or your Instagram stories. If you are employed somewhere and that's their right in many companies, when you sign up, you better read, read that HR packet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, look at there's, I, I think that if people still doubt the power of this medium, mm-hmm. you've got another thing coming y'all. I mean, you got, I mean, look at Roseanne Barr to me as the perfect example. Mm-hmm. I mean, just one tweet, whether she was on Ambien or whatever, one tweet and, and I'm not getting political here. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, be controversial, but I'm just strictly talking about this from a medium standpoint, which is one tweet. I mean, literally, I think it was less than 10 words and people lost their jobs. People lost their livelihoods. The whole show got canceled. So Chelsea, I think what you're talking about is super important. I love how you characterize that and how you defined the significance of these mediums, because I think that's the, that's the real reason I'm so excited to, to hear from you because I know a lot of people, they don't really know where to start mm-hmm. to build their personal brand with, right. with, with the, the sort of smartphone in mind. What would you tell to people? I mean, my audience is pretty savvy yeah. because, you know, they follow You're me, savvy. Professor Nez. <laughs> and by the way, Chelsea, call me Nez, you know, class is out. So you can call me Nez. <laughs> But I mean, like, what would you say to people, companies, brands, or what have you, what would you say to them? Like, this is where you should start. It's interesting that you said stories. I just did a live stream on my YouTube channel yesterday uh, talking about the power of Instagram stories. And I gave them a lot of tips on what they can do for content ideas. 
Do you think that people should start on the story platform? I mean, is the news feed not as important? Is it not as important to create like longer form videos? We haven't even talked about IGTV, which when it first came out, I literally almost had a heart attack. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just as fanatical as you are, Chelsea, about these platforms because of our businesses and what we do. But what would you say, Chelsea? I want to hear from you. Um, I think that all of that content is important. I will tell you, I still love my number one form of content is a printed book. I still print out emails. Really? Absorb them better. That's just how it works for me. So I, everybody is going to have their thing. As far as me personally, I love the stories and I find that there are two kinds of social media consumers um, and creators. There's people who like the video stories piece of it and the people who like the, the photos feed piece of it. Both can be equally important. Um, it's just personal preference. I think that what is happening for me in the stories and what I see at a larger scale is that this is something that has changed human behavior. And that for me is a higher level of impact. Well said. I gravitate towards it because we, we always have looked at things and and seen in the feed, but that was like, it already happened. You know what I mean? Even if it's 10 seconds ago or an hour ago or a week ago from a birthday party that I'm showing a picture, you can sort of only kind of experience that with me and you can give your feedback. But if you have something that's in real time or real-ish time, you can actually go on that experience much more deeply with someone. Um, So that's why I love this, the stories component of it. But do I post in the feed, yes, I do. Um, I I just do stories more. And I think that's where things are moving. I think it's going to be live and stories stuff. I don't know. What yeah, I mean, that's where I found you. I was like, who is this Chelsea girl? Like, <laughs> she is like, I mean, walking around and she's going around her house and she's talking yeah. about her day and she's creating this beautiful narrative on Snapchat. By the way by the way, which we've talked a lot about Instagram stories versus Snapchat. I have to get your take. I, I'm sure you get this all the time. <laughs> I do. Is Snapchat, I still use Snapchat, by the way. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, I have an audience on Snapchat. Most of my students, my younger folk, <laughs> yeah. I'm only 42. So I'll be 42 in December. So, you know, I call them younger folk because they're 20, 22, and I feel like an old man. But um is Snapchat, what are your thoughts? Snapchat, Instagram, what's the, what's the deal? You know, I wondered recently, and, and I mean recently the past few days, I wondered if, is Snapchat, Snapchat trying to make a statement that they want to be so different from the other platforms that they're purposely not going down that road? Because yeah. um, they, they really did believe, I, in my opinion, that they weren't like any other social media platform and they didn't want to be. And that's why they said no to Facebook. And that's why they said, you know, they were going to do their own thing. And that's why people didn't understand them. So I feel like when you're a product or a service that people don't really get, um, it kind of is just its own thing. Like, look at Uber. Now there's all these other things. But when Uber came out, people were like, really? Are you serious? Like, who's? I'm not going to call a stranger. And that was very (laughs) unusual. And that sort of became this defining thing. So Snapchat was this defining change in how we were communicating and I think that they, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe wishful thinking that they want to be so different. They don't want to become a social platform. They don't want to become big and open. They don't want to become Instagram. Um, that perhaps they're not 
you know, innovating like they used to for that reason. I think it's difficult. You know, I've never had a company that's gone public, but they grew really, 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 really fast. They had no plans of that ever. That was not what they had, you know, seen. Maybe they had hope for it, but I'm sure not this level. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think they've lost a lot of people. I think people are there for different reasons and they're there for Instagram stories. So, um, I, I mean, I know a lot of people who aren't even like, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is what it's interesting that you say that like, like the act or the desire to be so unique can almost be your downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially if you, if you have an obligation to shareholders. Yeah. Think about it. It was, it was the win, right? They were, they purposely were so different that they became huge. And then when they, when they're staying different, you know, now they're not, they weren't different for a while because Instagram stories came out. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's a good lesson for everyone because you can never get to a point where you're like, Oh, we're Snapchat. We're never, we're good. Look at us. We grew 300% in 24 hours. So it's always good to remember, you know, you've got to continue to see what your consumer wants. I personally did not like it when they changed everything that made a really hard user experience for me. And that's when I, Oh, are you talking about when they changed the news, the way that their, uh, their interface? Yeah. A lot of people complained about that. Yeah. When they changed the way that I can consume, I, I felt like that. I felt like that inside relationship Snapchat and I had like, as if I knew Evan personally. Right. Um, (laughs) Yo, Evan, excuse me, Evan. Right. I was like, call me on the landline. Will you Evan? (laughs) Right. You want me, I want to see my friends. You got me, you get it. And then when he changed it, I was like, Oh, Evan, I don't know what you thought. It's not you do it. You know who I am? I am a user and I do not yeah. like this. <laughs> so if I was a hundred percent honest, Chelsea, and I think most of the audience, and I'd love your thoughts in the comments. I know Sarah, Sarah, if you're still around, let me know what your thoughts are. She does really good stuff on yeah, Snapchat. And when I and I like I said before, when I discovered Chelsea, she was so engaging, so natural talking to the camera. I literally felt like I was in her kitchen. I literally felt like I was in her life. And I'm telling you guys, again, I'm I'm not just saying this. This is why she's on my show because I just absolutely think she is a content creating goddess. She knows what she's doing. She's a personal branding expert and you've got to check her out again. I'm going to leave all her stuff in the show notes, but you know, I I feel bad. I have to be honest. I'm on Instagram 90% more than I am on. I basically use Snapchat Sorry, guys. I know a lot of my Snapchat audience, you know, they're kind of bummed about this, but I literally, I try, but I use it mostly for repurposing, which is kind of what I use IGTV for. I mean, when I first started on IGTV, I was like, this is amazing. 10 minute videos or 15 minute videos or whatever, or hour if you have over 10,000 followers, which I don't, (laughs) but um, you know what I will though, very soon. (laughs) Um, You know, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. What are your thoughts on IGTV, by the way, Chelsea? Well, I think um, IGTV is really interesting in the sense that... By the way, I saw your news drop and it made me go, whoa, <laughs> you snap. I see. I always say snap, even though it was an Instagram. Yeah, I know. I still say snap. On I Instagram. still say snap. Do you still say snap? I do. But yeah. I remember you saying that IGTV dropped to like 1,500, 1,400th yes. place in the app store. I was like, I went and yeah. searched that crap right when you said that. And yeah. I went and app, you know, rankings and I'm like, whoa. Well, and see, I don't know if that's a function of the fact that you can actually access IGTV, 
you know, through the app. Oh, the through the app, natively. It's kind of a weird, cumbersome, like, hey, we have a standalone app, but then you can still access it from Instagram. So it was all a whole little odd, you know, situation there. But what I think is interesting is that um, well, what I've learned about from watching Facebook and Instagram is that Facebook and Instagram, when they decide to do something, they decide to do something. Um, so whether or not there's going to be a ton of adoption, I don't know, but I think they're really going to push it hard to, to make it happen. They're really going heavy into influencers, showing them a lot of love on there. Um, but the hard part is there isn't a ton of outside discovery. So it's really in my mind at this point made for people who really like to do longer form videos that happen to also like Instagram. Um, I do like that it has notifications so that you can, you know, see if people have that. So that is kind of a little, um, a little uh, thing that I like that they've done there to alert people, but I don't love it yet. I don't find myself scrolling through it. Um, but again, YouTube is much more search engine based. I'm going there because I know there's something I want to look for. Very few times am I pulling out my phone. It's only when I've gone through Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook, and I'm like, well, let's see what's on YouTube. <laughs> so um, I actually think if I may, Chelsea, and this is just like unsolicited advice, I think your personality, your camera presence, which is everything we're talking about here, and the fact that YouTube is YouTube, the second largest search engine on the planet behind their parent, Google, I think you creating content on YouTube is a win-win. And I think you're going to, if you really take that platform for what it is, uh, I know your stories are just phenomenal. I think you're going to take that narrative style. And I love what you said earlier. Listen to what Chelsea said earlier, Nez Nation. These are great tools to practice your oral communication skills, great tools to practice your pitch, practice your presentation, practice your keynote speech, practice your ability to hold a staff meeting for the love of God, right? So, I mean, this is, this is amazing stuff. Barb's in the house. Barb says, does she go live on Facebook or only Snapchat? Well, you can't go live on Snapchat, right? Can you, Chelsea? Nope, can't go live on Snapchat, but um, I don't do a lot of Instagram lives, but I do Facebook lives for sure, because it's really one of the, um, really one of the only ways to make sure that your content's really going to get seen. And I love Facebook live. It's a great, great tool. I think everybody should be using it. Yeah. Um, So yeah, absolutely. I do Facebook lives. I don't do a lot of Instagram lives, but I will say that when I do, it seems like a lot more people join in on the Instagram live than the Facebook live, but I get a lot of replays, uh, from the Facebook lives that I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think predominantly most uh, people would, most live streamers, including myself would agree that your major viewership stats and analytics come from the replay. Uh, It's, it's, it's difficult to please everybody when you go live and find a perfect time. (laughs) Impossible. (laughs) This never happens. And plus people's attention spans are, you know, basically yeah. nil. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, even if you've got the rockinest show like Nez Nation Live, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to have insane amount of viewers all the time and concurrently, right. you know, uh, um, on a consistent basis. So the replay viewers is, that's why I always try to tell my clients, and I know you do too, Chelsea, be cognizant Mm. Of your replay viewers, yes. think about them and don't uh, always, co- you know, concentrate, make the live experience unique and make the live experience enticing for those replay viewers. But think about your, re- your replay viewers big time. And I couldn't agree more. So let's talk about this, Chelsea, if you don't mind, I want to shift gears. So we've talked about branding. We've talked about the importance, the significance, the implementation. 
uh, and using these tools to build up your identity and your personal brand and your business and your services and what have you. So Chelsea Pites, what would you say? Or See how much I love saying your last name now that I know how to say it. I love it. <laughs> Chelsea's like, uh, Nez, you're annoying. Shut up. But um, what would you say, Chelsea? I mean, you know, as well as I do, people are nervous wrecks. Yes. I'm not going to hit that live button. I'm not right. going to hit that record button and then post yes. it to the world. Are you crazy? So how do you, what would you say are some of your best pieces of advice to people, not only to get started with camera branding, but how to like build an audience? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that I think you need to do to build an audience is to build your presence because you made a very good point that people want to watch people that have a little something that grab their attention. And once they get to know you, then you can literally talk about what's on your grocery list and they're still going to be like, oh, I buy that too. That's great. You know, that's, that's maybe not content that you would originally grab people with, but as they get to know you and you are now their friend, you watch that kind of thing because there is magic in the mundane people. Let me repeat We do not sit around the dinner table with our family and talk about, oh my gosh, all these crazy things that happen. There's an intimacy in just seeing the everyday stuff. Um, So I don't want people to think that it has to be bells and whistles and lists and teaching and all this entertainment. Those do help. But once you've got them, once you have the relationship, you can be a little bit more your everyday self. But the way I got started in, in doing it is I did a challenge and I did a 30 day challenge and I got online and I went on Facebook and I went live and said, okay, everybody, I'm doing this 30 day challenge. Hold me accountable. Well, that absolutely happened and everybody held me accountable. And so I did that. So I went live. The other thing that I will tell people is like, I coach people all the time. Honestly, if you just know you're not gonna be able to do it, it's like working out, hire someone to help you do it or force you to who I work with. I force them to, and it's painful. The first time or two, it can be extremely painful. Another thing that I give to people as a tip is it's always easier to talk about someone else. So if you are terrified, if you are just like, oh my gosh, I just, I'm like, I cannot get on the camera. As most people are, you're not alone. Interview someone, interview your kid, interview your mom. Because what happens when you're with somebody you love that's in your family you see it relax. You see the person relax. It's almost like when you see somebody that you work with and they're always like, Oh, you know, the scary, you know, boss or whatever. And then you see him with their kid one day and you're like, is this the same person? Oh, that's There's something good. about being with someone that you trust, whether it's a close friend or a family member that will help relax you a little bit. And the reason that people are good on camera, quote unquote, is <laughs> that they're relaxed. That's yeah. all there is. They're yeah. not, you know, they don't have a special talent. It's not, you know, they went, it's not like going to a, a school where you learn how to do it. The only reason people are good on stage on in front of the classroom is because they are relaxed. And right. the only way to get relaxed is to do it a million times over and over and over again. And I tell the story all the time. I don't know if Joanne's still watching, but if she, she'll remember this. She just said great tip. I she just said great tip. remember when I went started to go live and I swear this eye crossed this this left eye that I had I was crossing and I got worked <laughs> up about it I went to the eye doctor well you know what one day I went on and I talked about it and I said you know I'm really hung up on this and is it happening can you tell me and you know what people would take pictures <laughs> of my eye and draw arrows and like it was a meme it was like an eye crossing meme. But it helped me embrace it and just get over it. 
because I was so horrified uh, that I couldn't get over that. And I would think about it when I was going live. And right. Was, That's you know, probably the worst part is thinking about it. Yeah. So you just have to force yourself through it like anything else. You know, it's it's just like anything else, you know, whether you have to cook dinner or have to go to the grocery store. Well, you know, you force yourself through it and then you're fine and glad you did it afterwards. But you have to keep doing it again and again and again and again and again. And then you start to relax. And that's when you start to get good because you're relaxed. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's just be the, the, the criteria. Same thing I tell. I love it, uh, Chelsea, everything you're saying. By the way, I want to say hello to huh, Joanne says, Chelsea memes are the best. <laughs> There's a camera roll with pictures of my face on it. So in everyone's phone, that's the worst pieces are like my thumbnails. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's great. And Desmond's in the house. Desmond Herbert. I know you're part of Chelsea's audience. Good to see you, Desmond. Hi. Desmond says, hey, Nez and Chelsea, good to see you. Thank you for joining us. By the way, if you have any questions for our camera branding expert, you know what to do. Leave a question in the chat. So, Chelsea, authenticity, being real, um, interview. I love the tip about interviewing somebody else, putting you in that frame of mind that just kind of eases all the, oh, my God, it's me, the camera in the world. Um, that's fantastic. Do you think that... Um, do you think that it's safe to say that you should, I mean, the whole mentality of kind of giving, giving, then asking, when do you, when do you, what are your thoughts on this whole idea of, okay, you've, you've gone live, you've created content, you've created a brand, you've got a reputation, you've got interesting things happening in your life. You've got something to say. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole idea of monetizing your audience? And when is that appropriate? Is that appropriate? I'd love your thoughts on this because I know a lot of people, not only are they afraid to brand themselves as somebody as a, as a personal brand, when they serve and offer something that solves a problem for their clientele or their, I, what's it called? Their ICA, their ideal customer avatar. (laughs) Um, What would you, and I'm kind of jokingly mocking this because these phrases sometimes can get so like, you know, mundane, but um, I mean, it's true not to, not to take away from people who talk about that. It's very true, but it also becomes kind of like abused words. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say about that? Like, like people who are like, you know what, if I'm going to hire Chelsea Pites, I need an ROI on this. I need to be able to get some sales. I need to get some leads, get some conversions. And when I tell clients, I'll tell you what I, I say first, just to kind of give you a little bit of a preface. I say, first of all, building a personal brand is unbelievably true that it's a long game. And if you think that you're just going to jump on the camera and be like, buy my bikes or buy my shoes or buy my services, you've got another thing coming. What do you say to people who talk about, well, you know, Miss Pites, you're all dandy and awesome and vivacious and beautiful and you have a great personality, but I need to make some sales. What is this personal branding got to do with money? What do you think about that, Chelsea? Yeah, no, I've had that conversation a lot. So that's it. <laughs> so do I. That's why I asked it. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I do think that a lot of people who have, um, and maybe not even that mentality of, I got I got a business here, I got to grow it. Some people read the books, the blogs, and they think that they have to follow this exact formula of, you know, X plus Y equals Z. I've done this and this. Now I need to monetize. And some people, frankly, are monetizing too quickly or trying to monetize too quickly. Some people never monetize at all. I lean more on that end where I am just a believer that, you know, as I give and I attract, it will all, you know, bring back to me. But some people are like, I got into this business. 
on creating content and I got to get the money. And that is totally fine. What I would say to those people. Money's is, important. <laughs> it, is, it is. What I would say to those people is your content better be real good, real good. Yeah. And probably the best way in my mind to make really good content is you better be able to take a really hard concept and make it super easy so that somebody who's never even turned on a computer can sit down with whatever you're going to give them, your guide, your ebook, your checklist, your videos, and build an advanced Facebook ad, right? So that's pretty hard. That takes yeah. some time. Um, so it's it's really about, yes, you can, you can do that. You can monetize really quickly, but you better have the chops to back it up because if you're going all for the money and you're not really building the community, you better deliver. And then the people that try to monetize out there, and they haven't done that. People see through that because you know what? We're really smart. We're really smart. We were built to, to be able to say, are you pitching me? Are you selling me? What have you done for me lately? And so those people that don't have the good content, the people that do, they, they can. And I mean, I hate to go back to Gary Vee, but he always says, I can because I got the chops. Like I, I'm actually delivering. I'm actually yeah. doing. Um, so, and those, a lot of times people don't realize the work that you have to do to, to, to actually monetize, to put it. It's a lot of work. It's so much work. It's so much work. And you can, you can buy your way to PR. You can buy your way to all of that. But if you get to an event that you paid $5,000 for, and I'm sitting in the audience and the person delivering the keynote is not good. I'm not going to ever, ever follow up with them or reach out to them yeah, that person got on the stage, but it didn't do anything for the audience. So yeah. yeah, I love that. I love the way you said that. And yeah, I mean, you know, I remember being hooked on, you know, obviously we talk a lot about content creation, just the feeling that people were like, like, I remember this specific reaction and they're actually still a part of Nez Nation. Um, Lisa, if you're listening, and she was one of the first people to follow me on Periscope when I was first going live late 2015, early 2016. And this is before Facebook Live announced. And I love Facebook Live. I know what you're talking about. We're on Facebook Live now. Um, and I'll never forget the reaction. The reaction was like, wow, like you actually have like a lot of really good advice and a lot of really good tips. And it was almost like the person was stupefied. Somebody yeah. doing this actually has like decent like things to say and actually really helpful and informative. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, that, but that was like, it was the same feeling I got being in front of the classroom mm-hmm. is when students would come up to me and be like, Nez, Professor Nez, like you, like that was so awesome. Like that, that feeling that ends up coming around and, and it's, it's, it's so amazing how it works. And I love how you mentioned Gary, because it's the more you kind of give away, the more it's funny, the money will eventually come Right. and building this personal brand, like you said, and I love the way that you characterized it. It's a way of getting your entire essence out there in a really fast way in a beautiful way that you have control over with your co-stars and your own production and your own reality TV. It's literally like reality TV basically, right? It's the reason why we watch the real housewives or we watch, you know, survivor or we watch, you know, all these shows. It's like, if, if you do have the chops, especially like Chelsea Pites, who's got serious chops, (laughs) you do have the chops. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to do it. You're going to win. Let me ask you this, Chelsea, really quickly. And then I want you to end us with some final thoughts. First of all, 
Everybody in the chat, give a big, huge smiley face emoji to Chelsea Pites. Has she been killing it or what? Hello. I want to see some big, big smiley faces for Chelsea Pites. She's been just crushing it, coming onto our show and giving us invaluable uh, advice and tips on how we can brand ourselves with our smartphones. Chelsea, is it ever too late to start? Never too late to start. Nope, never too late. I mean, again, I feel like I was so late for the game and, and I've got so many friends that have started just now blogging and started, you know, even using social media. I coach people every single day that don't have an Instagram account and they're like, I'll never be able to do sales with this because I don't even know how to use it. Never. Do they ever tell you like, oh, this is for, I'm not a, I'm not a 15 year old. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a, you know, this is for millennials. <laughs> I've heard it all. What I do is too boring. Uh, Nobody wants to see my life. I can't, I can't, I don't look the same as I do on camera. Right. I've heard it all. I've I've said it all. (laughs) So yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I love that. And, and, and let me ask you this. And, and it's, it's so interesting too. And, and I'd love your thoughts on this. Uh, I'm going to take advantage of Chelsea being on the show and ask her some great stuff for even me and my clients. I, I'd love your thoughts on this just as a colleague, Chelsea. I tell my clients all the time, like, look, you actually have, you know, especially my post 40 clients, like you have a treasure trove of experiences. You have a treasure trove of knowledge. A lot of these younger folk, just by the very definition of their numerical age, they do not have a lot of experiences. I mean, it's not to, to, the, to no fault of their own. They just don't. And I always try to tell my clients, I'd love your thoughts on this, Chelsea. I say, why not share that? It could, I mean, the feeling, if you would have told me as a young person, Chelsea, that the feeling of serving others is the greatest drug, the greatest high I've ever felt. I would have laughed at you. I would have been like, get out of here. What do you mean serving other people? What about top dog? What about this dude? Right? Like, I, I think that it's something that my post 40 clients need. And I, everybody listening and watching, please, I beseech you listen to this. It's definitely never too late. And plus you actually have an insane amount of experience and knowledge that somebody out there could really get a lot out of. And when you get that reaction, I know Chelsea gets this reaction a lot. When you get that reaction, when somebody comes up to you or somebody messages you and somebody sends you a text or tweet or what have you and says, my God, thank you. You like flip the script in my head or you change my perspective. That is one of the greatest feelings on earth. And, and Chelsea, what are your thoughts on that? A thousand percent. And you never go into anything thinking, oh, I'm going to make an impact in someone's never. life. I don't think anybody really thinks that. And when you do, pretty narcissistic if they did. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, one of the biggest compliments I tell people all the time that I could ever get is when people meet me in real life and they say, (laughs) air quotes, you're just like you are on your stories. And I'm like, thank you, because I want to be me and I want, you know, people to get to know me and realize that, you know, just because you look, you know, put on a suit and look great from, you know, nine to five doesn't mean you're not a hot mess, you know, not at the right time picking your kid up at the wrong school and all of those things. It's okay. And that's what connects us to each other. So um, really, really, I agree with you. Being able to change someone's life is, um, it's a special kind of gift that not very many people get. And especially to be able to hear it, have someone send you a message, meet somebody in person, 
and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that, you know, I, I get to see you because I feel like I know you. And I'm like, you do. I tell that to everyone. You do know me because. <laughs> you know what? I got to, I got to, I got to tell you what Joanne said. <laughs> Joanne said, so first of all, Joanne and kudos to you, girl, crush it. Yeah. Joanne said, I started live streaming at 49 years old on Periscope yes. in 2015. <laughs> Joanne, you go get it. I love that. I love that gets me. That gives me the, the hairs on the back of my neck go like this. Yeah. I love that, Joy. I love hearing that. Thank you. And then she goes, you're as insane in person too, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So, yeah. Joanne's awesome. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you, Desmond. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, uh, Leland. Thank you, uh, Barb. Thank you so much for joining us on the live stream. And by the way, Nez Nation, especially if you're listening to this on the podcast, Make sure that you have gone to the uh, our Facebook business page, uh, facebook.com forward slash Nation Live. Make sure you hit that see first, that notification button, because we want you in the chat. We want you in the chat. This is the most happening, fun, informative, exciting, educating. I can't come up with enough superlatives. Live stream chat in the business, and we want you to be a part of it. So, that's the only way you're going to do it is if you know when we're going live and we go live because our guests and we try to accommodate, it's never as consistent. Now, my YouTube live stream is every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, which is, I mean, we're talking top-notch info uh, to build your brand. And I know Chelsea's seen it before, and and we might even have Chelsea come over there uh, one of these days. She's been so awesome. Um, Chelsea, I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, it is so cool to like semi meet you in real life. <laughs> well, I don't know. What would you call this? This is like live semi meet. It's not even real life, really. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. That's the funny part. <laughs> but I just want to say, Chelsea, um, what a what a real distinct pleasure. And what it's been so awesome having you on the show. You've really taught us a lot, talked about some great stuff that I think that we can really use and implement. I want to give you the floor. I want you to take us home. Tell our Nez Nation audience where they can find you, how they can get a hold of you, and where, where would be the best place to contact you if they wanted to learn more. And then maybe leave us with some kind of last sort of, um, I was about to say, I was about to say Jerry Springer final thoughts. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> well, as embarrassed I am to admit that I do know about Jerry Springer. <laughs> I, I think I watched every episode for several years. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I kind of always liked that part of the show. But yeah, yeah I mean, maybe you could leave our Nez Nation after you tell us where uh, we can find you. Um, you know, maybe leave us with some last sort of camera branding special exclusive tips just for the Nez Nation audience. Uh, we would really appreciate it. It's all yours, Chelsea. All right. Thanks so much for having me. This has been probably the most fun I think I've ever had. On of course it has. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited. So excited to connect with the Nez Nation as well. Um, you can find me on all the socials at Chelsea.Pites. It's P-E-I-T-Z. And uh, I would say, um, you know, Instagram stories, Snapchat, that's where you're really going to see the real me. Uh, different content and stories on each one. I do love doing Facebook Live as well. And I would leave, um, I'd leave the viewers and listeners today with the idea that uh, not to get wrapped up in knowing where to start, because most of us think very linear, linearly when we think of start and finish. And we think if we don't know how to do it the right way or where to start, doesn't matter where you start, just start somewhere. And then you can fill in the before and the after. And it's never too late to start. And what I would also recommend is that 
maybe you slow down and watch people for a few weeks and really kind of see what you like about this person and what they do and maybe make it your own because we all learn by, for lack of a better word, copying other people and not verbatim, but just seeing what they do, seeing how they, they use the platforms. And then you become your own brand. And oftentimes people will tell you what your brand is without you even asking. I love it. Perfect. What a great way to end the show. Well, we have had just as much fun hanging out with you, Chelsea. Uh, and we just want to thank you again so much. As, as I said before, we'll leave uh, Chelsea's information uh, you know, in the show notes. And I'm actually going to have Chelsea go into the chat after the stream is finished. And Chelsea, you have carte blanche. Leave as many links as you want. Leave as much information as you want. We would really appreciate it. I know the audience would really appreciate it. And feel free to leave as much as you would like to uh, so that we can get a hold of you. And um, just want to say thank you to everybody watching and listening. We appreciate you so much. You're watching the Nez Nation Live personal branding podcast live stream, teaching you how to discover your purpose, communicate your message, and impact your audience for your business and career. And stay tuned, y'all, because we're going to keep coming. You know us. You know Professor Nez. We're just going to keep bringing it. And I'm so grateful for you guys. Thank you so, so much. Thank you to our guest, Chelsea Pites, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.